Morning, Chris. Good morning, Gabby. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. It's winter here again. It just started snowing last night, so feeling pretty good. How about you? Yeah, well, it's coming that way. It's much colder here today. Yeah. Just like winter once again. Winter once again, um, but we're thinking winter sports every day, so as <laughs> we get yes. down to the Olympics. Yes, and we can't complain. Um so it's Tuesday, and uh, the Junior World Championships in Davos, Switzerland, actually just kicked off in alpine skiing. Um, and so those are kind of coming in right after the World Economic Forum there. And uh, I've watched the live stream today. It's an exciting race. I mean, you have the best juniors in the world, a lot of them World Cup racers, coming out of the slopes, um, competing for these titles. And, you know, most of the world isn't really paying attention, particularly with the Olympic Games happening. Um, but I wanted to give Julia Sheeb of Austria just uh, won the GS over there. I mean, the last final races are actually still finishing up as we record this call, but uh, no one's going to come up and beat her. And then AJ Hurt from the U.S. was the top North American. So it's been an exciting morning already, and it's only 8.30. <laughs> you know, it, right. And your point about, you know, people don't pay too much attention to the juniors, and you and we really should pay more attention to the juniors. It's like juniors and young riders in equestrian sport, these you know these ha- they have events that really tell you who the stars are, the- are going to be of the future and so many uh, of these younger athletes they go through from their olympics their world cups and so on and they they make a career of it and they really are the ones to to watch and i don't think we give them enough coverage because yes. they really are the stars in their age group in their categories you know yeah and they're the ones who are going to come up and surprise you on the international level. You know, I mean, Michaela Schifrin was one of those young athletes who kind of came out of nowhere and then all of a sudden was podium, podiuming on the World Cup at 16. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't always see that, but when you look at these junior world champs, you have uh, girls on the start list like Meta Horvat uh, of Slovenia. Um, and she just got her first World Cup podium last weekend, and she's still a junior athlete. So it's exciting to see those things happening and, um, you know, we'll, I'll keep you apprised as we do these morning shows because that'll be happening for the next week or so. All right, good. Sounds yeah. good to me. I mean, I know you're happy if you kick off with skiing. Yes, always. But I think <laughs> we should dive into more generic news because the show is not all about me. Um, and as much as I would like to believe it, <laughs> I think we should dive in with, I think, what for you and I is a really big headline of the day, which is this house bill that passed yesterday. We briefly mentioned it on yesterday's morning show, but can you tell us a little bit about what happened and what, what's the latest in that world? Right. Well, it did pass the house um, yesterday. Um, and of course, this all come on back on the back of the scandal when uh, the former USSC Dr. Larry Nassau was sentenced last week to 275 years in prison um, after being convicted of all of the, the sexually abused cases. And, and so there's a real impetus to this now to protect young amateur athletes from further sexual abuse and so this has been passed it passed quite convincingly in the house from um, 406 to three votes but there are more measures to take it has to then pass it would pass the senate last last november but it, that apparently they're making minor changes and one of the significant changes out of this apparently is that they still need to raise money um to, to for the because they took out the funding for safe sport so uh, they will actually they wouldn't actually need money to find the money again to for the 
you know, reporting and the investigation, you know, all of the actual day to day, um, you know, operation of, 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 you know, maintaining, maintaining the law, basically, and upholding the law. So, uh, yeah, they need to go back to the budgeting process. Uh, but it is it is progress. There's something to celebrate. Um, but the one thing that concerns me of the reports that I I read this morning is that there was no word from the White House um, because, of course, our president has to sign the bill. Right, to turn it into law, going back yeah. to my eighth grade. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean... I, like you said, it passed in the House very convincingly, so it's it just seems like a no-brainer to pass. Um, but I guess you never really know with, with Trump. I mean, I used some language that was not appropriate for this recording with Chris earlier because, like, Trump better just sign it. We're talking about protecting young athletes um, from very bad people. So I think it's, it's a no-brainer in my mind. Um, but, you know, they say they make these minor changes, and you always hear about in these... Um, pieces of legislation that there's all sorts of compromises often hidden within the bill mm-hmm. um, that have nothing to do perhaps with the actual issue. I have not read the bill in its entirety. I haven't heard about any issues like that, but I just think that's something that maybe I guess could come up as Trump is trying to make drastic changes in public policy. So it'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling it'll pass fine. I, I hope so too, um, because it's long overdue to protect uh, young, these young girls. Uh, well, I shouldn't say not just young girls. You know, the, the, there are boys as well that are abused. Yes. So we should we should be more generic. And in, in, I mean, it, it, the, the act is actually called, just for the record, the Protecting Young Victims from Sexual Abuse and Safe Sport Authorization Act. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll watch that. And, of course, we'll report here on the show when we when we hear that that's been signed and it's gone through the final stages. Absolutely. Um, And then kind of on that note, we will dive into our next story. So Chris came across um, this article that talks about a study by the PRRI. Um, I looked them up. They're a group that conducts research on public policy issues, Mm -hmm. um, particularly like those affected by, you know, religion and American life and and how the public is feeling. But they they did did research on sports and found that, you know, football is still the most popular American sport even though, you know, there's all these issues with concussions and, and long-term head injuries. But I thought one of the most interesting parts was the, the views on transgender athletes competing in sport at the high school level, um, you know, not even at like an Olympic or, or international level. Um, they found actually that 61% of Americans say a transgendered student who identifies as male but was listed as female on their birth certificate should be allowed to compete in other male sports. So they're saying um, a woman who transitioned to a man should be allowed to compete in male sports. It's a 61% um, support. But on the other hand, only 50% of Americans say a transgender student who identifies as female but was listed as male on their birth certificate should be allowed to compete with other female students. And I think that's where mm-hmm. we see more of that disconnect because people feel that male athletes have an advantage and i think there is some scientific evidence to back up perhaps that you know the difference in testosterone level and different biological factors make them better in certain athletic situations so the question is how much of an advantage perhaps is a a male uh, an, an individual transitioning from male to female have if they were to compete with female athletes 
I yes. hope I said that right. I felt like I yeah my words, but no, yeah, no, you're right. I think you 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 you've got it there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. What, what do you think? I mean, what do you think it'll take to convince, maybe not convince, but find this middle ground where to give people an even playing field and not feel like one person is at some huge advantage or something like that? Well, or can we? well, I wonder because you're seeing cases against athletes. You know, Casta Semenya, the 800 meter champion. You, you know, that made big right. news due to Shand, another in, an intersex woman. And we talked to the other day. Um, she's an Indian athlete, by the way, and she won her case when she took it to the uh, Court of Arbitration for Sport for Cass. Um, and, and it comes back to what we were talking about the other day about testosterone levels. Right. And apparently in a study conducted um, at the time when the Indian athlete was taken, to, uh, was banned, a percentage of endogenous testosterone above or below average in the top three competitors in each sport was measured. And there was surprisingly no link between endogenous testosterone and performance in sports. And and they concluded that capping the amount of endogenous testosterone allowed in women to compete is unfair, immoral, and against the IOC, the International Olympic Committee Charter. Okay. And that it targets trans women as already disproportionately a disadvantaged group and, and therefore depriving them of their human rights. And I think it, it in, in time to, to answer your question, you know, the, the, it will, may come back to scientific evidence and, and that there, there, there is no argument eventually. I mean, you know, you're depriving right. people of a human, human right to perform uh, in the gender or, or um, you know, any, any way they, they classify themselves, regard themselves now, how they identify themselves. Right. Um, otherwise, you know, you're denying them a human right. So I think it will come over time. But, you know, there's such a big movement, this big impetus now with, with gender issues and and sexuality and, and, and sexual abuse. It, 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 you know, women are becoming more and more empowered. I think this all comes under, no, although it doesn't, but it, it's, I think it's part of this sort of a larger movement, even though it's, it has its own pockets within the that larger movement if you know if you know that makes sense yeah yeah and, you know i actually when i'm reading these numbers i i mean it's 50 50 isn't a great number but it's i'm a glass half full kind of person mm-hmm. so i see 50 percent is like oh yes 50 percent of people are behind it like that's right pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i think that this this sort of movement is is going forward in a positive way. And, Absolutely. You know, and I think if we look at the generations, you know, be, behind us, they, you know, it's no big deal to them. You know, I think right, it's, right. it's, I think you just have to move with the times, basically. I think, you know, and that's proving to be the case. But, I, you know, so I think generations to come will think nothing of this. I'm, I'm hoping anyway, maybe that's just, you know, being idealistic. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping so. But we've still got a long way to go when it comes to, to you know gender discrimination and and the portrayal of women um, yes. and 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 there was another story i don't know if you saw it came out of um, uh well, it was actually on 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 the huff post but it came out of england um, it's on the huff post's uh, uk website did you see that about the walk on girls should be banned across all sports according to the women's sports trust I haven't had a chance to read that yet this morning, but it's on my list. Maybe you can ex- explain what they mean in the headline. Well, what it means is apparently, you know, the, the Professional Dance Corporation and their other sports like cycling and motorsport and, and boxing, they use women 
to parade the men, the as the sportsmen. So, ah, they, okay. They they're calling for an end to female models being used in sport um, to to escort male players to the stage, and uh, you know it it's 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 actually found its opposition and that's um but it's also found some support there was um a petition of signed by 20, 27,000 people to keep the tradition quote unquote of women models in darts but there's hmm. calls by the women's sports foundation uh, calling to 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 all of these other sports that use women you know models to parade the men um that that they should they, that they should respond to this too, and um, and we're we're waiting to hear from them. But um, they have said that they would look at it. These other sports too, but it seems to be you know part of a tradition. But on the other hand, you know it's all about you know empowering men and making out you know it 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 sends the wrong me message you know about how women are valued in society basically. And right, and, and sort of in this circumstance, it feels like one of those things where they're calling it tradition, but it's like just because something has been done one way for so long doesn't make it right or no, you know, does that make it the best way to do something? And I think, you know, the other thing is like having like the women as, you know, arm candy on the men is just a way to sex up and sell the sport in my mind. Right. Um, um, arm candy, that, that's absolutely right. And, uh, they're, they're, they're saying that um, sporting viewers are expected to admire the successful, talented, strong men taking part in competition, while the role of women is purely based on their physical appearance. And they're be exactly. women are being a, a positioned as an embellishment to a sport rather than having the opportunity to, to enjoy the same level of, 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 of media exposure and funding and, and respect, I think, fundamentally respect and recognition. Um, instead of just, as you say, being used as eye candy. But talk to your point about just because it's always been done this way doesn't mean to say it's necessarily right. I read a tweet by someone I'd um, interviewed in the past, a, a, a British journalist. She tweeted about how madly depressing that it still is, that's newsworthy for a woman to speak at her wedding in 2018. But what of the white dress, the veil, the best man, the bouquet toss, the giving away by the father sexism is so deeply ingrained it's become invisible yeah i mean then if you get into the whole weddings discussion there's this this challenge where um you know i like i think of myself and i think like okay like i'm a feminist i'm pro-equality like all of these things but i kind of still want my white dress and my wedding and like the princess thing and it's a it's an it's a hard thing to to justify. But that's okay. Um, you can have your white dress. That's fine. And if you see two women, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but my point is, you should be able to stand up and give a speech. It shouldn't just be the the bridegroom. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. And and yeah. And you know, if two women get married, they both wear a white. Often, both wear a white dress. Yeah, actually, you know what, there's just as a shout out, there's a great podcast, um, Stuff Mom Never Told You. Uh -huh. uh, I highly recommend listening to it. But I believe uh, Emily Aries, who's a friend of mine, is one of the co-hosts. And I believe they did an episode on like feminist weddings because she and her um, longtime boyfriend have decided to get married. And she's, you know, pro, very feminist. Uh, she is a hardcore feminist, um, amazing woman. And she 
you know, I think talks about, I haven't listened to the whole episode yet, but talks about sort of the challenge of creating a feminist wedding, um, you know, being who she is, but also still getting married and all those things. So mm. great episode to listen to. Stuff Mom Never Told You. Yep. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there's a there is a podcast stuff Mom Never Told You. They, it's an amazing <laughs> podcast. It's been around for a while. The two new hosts just took over, but. Yeah, it's it's worth listening. They tackle some really interesting topics. I love that. All right. Well, we've scooted past our time already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we should, the one last topic, we don't have to discuss it really, but I think people should look into it because it's big news. Um, WADA, the organization that oversees uh, anti-doping efforts on mm-hmm. the international stage, has launched an investigation into potential issues with the sample bottles that are going to be used in Pyeongchang next month um and so we can talk about it more tomorrow there will probably be more information out tomorrow morning but yeah so if anyone's interested and mm-hmm. in do- dialed into the russian investigation that happened this is this could be a big story if there's issues with the bottles that'll be holding samples for these games absolutely echoes of sochi all over again yes so we'll let you guys do some research then you can call in leave us notes we'll use it in tomorrow's episode um Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. I am Gabby Hall with Chris Stafford. You can follow us on social media at Wisp Sports and at Hall underscore Gabby. We will see you guys tomorrow for another show at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks, Gabby. Have a great day. Talk to you later.